This episode of My Best Eleven Pod is sponsored by Cafe Kindred. Hello, Scott Oaks. Thanks very much for joining us um, here on podcast for My Best Eleven. Um, really excited to hear your your team. Um, I hear you've been having conversations with Marv about who you're allowed in, who you're not allowed in, um, and thinking about it in depth. So looking forward to hearing your team. So thanks very much for joining us. And as always, we've also got the other Luton legends, just full of, surrounded by Luton legends. We've got Marv as well, um, who's our co-host on this. How are you today, both of you, gents? Well, good here. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, of course, you're going to be good because it's the middle of the afternoon. It's seven o'clock here in the morning for me. Huh? I'm just waking up. <laughs> You'd be all right. If you didn't wake up with an hangover, you'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what we're going to do is we're going to go through your starting eleven, um, all the way from goalkeeper to um, forwards, and then including your manager, and just find out about as we go through. Just if you want to chip in with who you thought of, who you didn't think of. And Marv, I mean, you can mention when you should have put Marv in, even though you, you may not have. Um, they've played with some, we've already, they've played with some great players, these players, because obviously they've left Luton. If they had stayed at Luton, I mean, I still probably might have struggled to get in one or two teams, but I might have gotten a little bit more teams if that was the case. But we'll see. Yeah, I want to go in my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to say anything back to that, Marv, or not? No, no, no. Listen, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we have a, a long season of this, and I'll, and by the come, God help those come the end of the season, I'll be well equipped with ammunition to um, come back up many of our players or many of our opponents, depending on who we're interviewing. <laughs> uh, so, Scott, we'll start off with um, your formation. What have you gone for? Are you, an, are you obviously an attacker yourself? What have you gone for? I've gone for players that I like to watch play football and, yeah, more of an attacking outfit. So What's the formation then? 4-3-3. Uh, okay. It was, hard, okay. it was hard to... I knew so many players up front and it was... I had to put someone in because I know it beat me up, so I had to put three up front. <laughs> <laughs> so I've took one off... I've took one out of the midfield and put another one up front, but... Yeah, all the ones that I've played with, uh, well, hopefully you will kind of agree anyway. Well, we'll, we'll find out in a minute. So as we go through, um, I mean, if you can give us some clues and then we'll see if me and Marv can guess them as well. So, um, and the listeners as well can see if they can guess them as we go through. So we'll start off in goal. Um, who have you gone for in goal? He was, um, if you want to guess, he was at Sheffield. Right? Sheffield went to so. Got yeah, him, got him, got him, got him. Yeah. Go on, keep going, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. He had an amazing season. He was, he was, he was unbelievable in the season I've seen him. He could pick out uh, left-wingers, right-wingers, head, his feet, ping it like on a sixpence really as well. Apart from shot-stopping, he was, of all the keepers that I have um, played under, he was the, uh, yeah, the best one out of the lot. Underrated? Like, Do you think your pick? Was he underrated? Oh, my keeper? Yeah. No, no, not at all. He achieved like, quite a lot as well. I mean, 
I'm just like, I might as well tell you, he's Kevin Pressman, and he was, you know, he like, yeah, he could pick you out playing on the wing as well. He's, he had a, a great strike. He was near entirely, like most left footers as well, it was the timing. But he had, um, I think, in the season, Sheffield Wednesday went top of the Premier League. He was, yeah, he was, he was unbelievable. Went nine, ten undefeated, and he was a big part of that. And that season, he was absolutely on fire. So, out of all the keepers, yeah. I can't pick Jürgen somehow because you're thinking oh, I'm going to pick Luton players all the time, but no, we're keep... not. No, we're not. Not at all. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I won't pick Jürgen. He couldn't kick it ten foot, could he? <laughs> <laughs> Did it need to be on a tee, or was it the wrong shape? Was that the problem exactly. for him? <laughs> but, Six. Um, yeah, you got Kevin I, Pressman. I mean, um, what what impressed you the most about him, or what was the difference really between him and um, say Jurgen Sommer you mentioned um, of one example? What was the difference? He joked about kicking, but no, it's um, yeah, the, the time for him to pick out is they were they were both decent kickers. Don't get me wrong, but um, just that year of seeing him when when you're watching it, it's totally different to seeing you know on telly. He was. Yeah, he was unbelievable. He, yeah, his timing, his reactions, he was just, yeah, he just had it all that season as well. And he, yeah, yeah he was a good keeper. Was he reserved or was he out there? I mean, he came across on the TV anyway as very reserved, quiet kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, he probably got him off to the tee there. He's probably, he probably wouldn't come to the nightclub with his on a Wednesday. <laughs> he let out some secrets there uh, I'm sure some of the strikers would have come out with you um, so we'll move on to um, defence um, some Marv's area so who have you gone for obviously you've gone right back two centre backs and left back so just just go through them for us and, and... okay do you want to know the list straight away okay uh, my right back was Graham Alexander as the player oh uh, okay no it's just you just like certain amount of players. You just like certain players. Like managers like certain players, don't they? I like him all through my career. Um, the two centre backs was uh, Des Walker and Stevie Nichol. Uh, where'd you play with Stevie Nichol? Chef Wednesday. Okay. Yep. So, and I mean, uh, we we actually had a conversation uh, myself and Marv about Des Walker, and. He said he would be unbelievable, didn't you, Marv? He said you'd be unbelievably yeah. surprised if Des Walker wasn't in there. What was it about Des that stood him out? I mean, he was an England player and stuff, but... But he's England captain, wasn't he? You could tell by that his attitude was um, spot on. He was one of the blokes that um, took it more personal than anything. So you can see that in him already. So, um, yeah, his, his speed. He wasn't bothered about... Just an out-and-out defender as well. He'd like to think he could play football, but if you had four of them across, if you if you had four of them across the back, you wouldn't be far wrong. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Des Walker, I just to go through him first of all. I mean, it's probably the person who most people recognise the name of, particularly non-Luton or Burnley or um, Sheffield Wednesday fans. Um, yeah. Coming towards the end of his career, do you think that? That changed it. Um, and also, apart from that, what advice did he give you? I mean, because you were relatively, not to start your career, but he'd been across to Sampdoria, been across to Italy, do you know what I mean? He'd, been, he'd done the whole thing. Yeah, he'd done it all, I mean. Considering his body was instilling great nick at like, his latter years, he still had pace because he tried to race me. And um, <laughs> Who won? Who won? 
Me. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you weren't no scouts, but like. No. We used to have, you know, when you have the shuttles and you have to get up really quick and you're bursting just like 20 feet, 30 feet, it was always close. And even in his late years, he was still up with me as well. And I thought I was quick over 20 foot. I mean, I, I really did. But he, he still had that pace as well. And he was, what? his attitude was taken to the end as well. Yeah. What, what, age, was, what age was you then when you were at the Sheffield? Uh, 20. Hang on a minute. 20, 20, God, but I'm in 90s, 25. 25. So what was Steve, Steve Nickel then? Because you worked out season, don't you, instead of years. Yeah, 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 yeah. 25, well, Steve, so Steve Nickel was then. I wonder what age he was. I forgot about him then, actually. Yeah, yeah. he's, do you, know, do you know why he was in there? Because I think I grew up in, well, I was born in 72, so you're going into the 80s with Liverpool. And then watching them play for life, you'd pick three quarters if you played with them anyway. Yeah. But that was just that was just watching them eighties later on, and just knowing, and then getting him in there at Sheffield. He was just yeah. the top bloke as well, and he's out there in America coaching as well, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah he's out. He's out there. So, um, but him as a player, I just liked him as his, his control, his vision. Of course, he can control it. He's got size 14 feet, but like, he's <laughs> such a nice player. <laughs> he was such a good player. You, you, yeah, I'd love to play with him. Them type of people you'd like to play with, he was, yeah. Yeah. Above the rest. What were they like in a dressing room? Jokers? Quiet? Yeah. Jokers. Uh, Des and Steve together, yeah. Both jokers. So, yeah, they were good. But you've got my left back, Andy Inchcliffe. He's a bit more reserved. Uh, okay, so you got a mixture of the two. Give us an example of what um, either Steve or Des did. Have you got any stories you're allowed to tell us on air? No. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even joking, probably. I'll <laughs> tell you a couple, but I, 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 I could tell you after there's some, there's some funny ones. They, they were great to have a drink with, put it that way. You know, I'd get them a forward, they'd have a laugh. You know, it's them sort of people that you you'd like to go for a beer with because they are, yeah, both, both like picture me and you just meet up for a beer. They are them kind of people. They're top people. What about, what about Hinchcliffe? He, he looks a bit of like a bookworm to me. Yeah. That's growing up. Yeah. But when he came to Sheffield Wednesday, um, Ron Atkinson signed him only to take the corners. <laughs> He, he had a good engine, though. To be fair, I like him. Uh, up and down. I used to like him as a player. Yeah, I did. see, but see, back in the day, that was if if I had Ashley Cole played with him, I'd have him. But like back in the day with Andy Inchcliffe, yeah, good engine, that that kind of pure left foot as well. Just yeah, nice footballer. Hit on the sixpence. Solid side passes. Yeah, and yeah, to see him to play with him, yeah, he was one of mine. I was watching grow up with England and. Yeah, enjoy watching playing. So, yeah, he'd be mine on the left by the yeah. side of them. And then going back, we, we skipped over Graham Alexander. Um, yeah. But you're right back. What you thought, I mean, uh, you played on both the right and the left wing, didn't you, when you were playing? Um, yeah, I played, yeah, I played on both. Played up front with Johnny Artson and, yeah, Kerry Dixon. And, yeah. What was it like playing with, um, with people like Graham Alexander and Hitchcliffe? Which one did you prefer? Did you prefer a, a, a left back that bombed on? Or do you prefer a left back that stayed where he was and let you shine? 
I think um, under David Pleat, I think if, if they did, ever did that and overlap, you'd be there to cover anyway. I was pretty pretty fit anyway. But both them players, if they'd had their first touch is really good and they'd be passing you the ball anyway, as fast and as hard as you could anyway. So it was great to receive the ball. No, great to receive the ball off both of them and you'd um, feel comfortable in front of them all the time anyway. So I've got no qualms with people doing the overlap, you know. They are both like the kind of footballers <laughs> I'd like to play with. Yeah. I mean, like, Graham Alex, sorry, Marv, go well, I was going to say, yeah, I was going to add in because obviously playing with Graham, he probably was one of the most underrated players before he, he got his on. move. Yeah, I mean, he, he, I mean, he obviously played for Scotland when they, he played for Preston, played for Burnley, captured them in the Premier League. But um, I felt that he was so underrated because, oh my gosh, as a player, like he never gave the ball away. He never gave the ball away. He, he was that he was that comfortable and had time on the ball. Yeah, yeah. He, was, he was comfortable. He had it all. He should have gone. I'm saying anything against Luton, but even at that time, he could have gone on to higher, like a higher team, and like he'd have not looked out of place. I don't think in any of the higher teams. And of so, course, yeah, he was. He was a dead ball specialist, wasn't he? He was quite well known for. I think he never missed a penalty. I think he missed well, one. I, I, well, I mean, it's something weird like that, isn't it? He was incredible penalties. Yeah. He's, he's definitely not John Dreyer then. So, <laughs> what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? <laughs> well, like John Dreyer used to think he had technique, and he used to want to take penalties all the while. Anyway, <laughs> so but, like, he'll have to he come and defend himself when he comes on there. But like, I mean. I don't know if you know Oaksy, but like in one game there was a there was a free kick we had, and you know how we used to work on free kicks as a, as a club, and so everyone had their role and every had one of their job. Tumble, John Dre, as as because obviously his nickname was Tumble, came running from the back as a centre back, and the ball was into the box, and he tried to dink it over the wall, and everyone just turned around and going, "What the hell was it? Was that come from?" And he was like, he got a rollicking. I mean, he'll have to tell the story but much better than when, obviously, when he comes on. But I thought that was fantastic. <laughs> Tumble never let you down anyway, did he? He was, no. uh, he was a one-off as well. But, yeah, Graham with the penalties, that doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. His technique was always there, wasn't he? And he's, he struck it so nice all the time. So, yeah, one penalty miss. You can't go wrong with that three. I, 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 I could be wrong, but I just think, it, I mean, it was one, and I think it was the, the his last ever penalty he took, I think. I think it was just before he moved to Preston. I think it was on a Tuesday night or something. I don't know why. Anyway, my memory can't be that great, surely. He's probably bored because he was leaving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the end of the part one, and when we get back, we'll listen to part two. Um, and the midfield of Scott Oaks is my best 11. Cafe Kindred is based right here on my doorstep in Falls Church, Virginia. It has this cool, calm vibe as you walk in and the food is absolutely amazing. My favourite, which is not on the menu, is blueberry pancakes, crispy bacon, scrambled egg with maple syrup drizzled on top. Oh my days. Now that is a breakfast of champions. Cafe Kindred, Falls Church, 
Virginia. Great. We're back for part two of Scott Oakes' Best Eleven. Um, listen up and listen in, and I hope you're enjoying it so far. So we'll move on to midfield. You've gone three. What have you gone for the midfield theory? Have you gone for a defensive midfielder and a couple of attacking midfielders? Or are you gone? What have you gone for? Give, give uh, us a bit of, give us some guessing this time. We'll do some guessing this time. Yeah. Now we're getting to the more interesting players. Not that the defenders aren't Marv. <laughs> but. I, I can, Andrew, I consider myself a midfielder anyway. A convert to a defender, so you're fine. You can carry on talking about the defenders like that. Scott, what do you have to say to that? Marv in the midfielder. Yeah. He likes to think he is, doesn't he? Bob, you know I could play. Listen, everyone used to want to be on my team in the five sides. They knew I could play. Listen, when it comes yeah. to the nitty gritty, you know, there was there was obviously your headers and kickers, and there's your yeah. ball players. And yeah, I, I, I was I never going to be. Go on. Go on. I agree go on, with you. Yeah. yeah, but you'd like you. <laughs> you know. If you used to run ones from your box to the other box, then you were knackered. That's why you only did it once a month. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the later years well, yeah you're right fair, to be fair the ball used to stick with your feet all the way so I'll give you that so yeah thank I, you I, I, I'd have played in midfield with you Marv you know that as well there, there, is no, <laughs> there is no one getting around that backside. <laughs> <laughs> funny okay right all right, three right. mixture <laughs> I'd say Leicester and Luton and Sheffield Wednesday. Here we go. Oh, right. Um, well, give us some info about them. Um, do you like a little bit about um, the players so we can guess? I mean, I know you've given two us play- the clubs there. Okay, no, you like two play for England, one for Scotland. Two play for England? What, full internationals? Mm-hmm. Or Bs? Or, or under 21s? Two of them are missed penalties. Oh. Two England, one Scotland. I tell you, you're, you're the t- say that they're not the name, but the Luton one. What country? What country do you play for? England. England. Midfielder. You're talking about midfielders. Don't, don't on, take me out of No, 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 no. No. <laughs> I mean, no. I need, I need to get. Like, there was, there was no one Scot- Was there any one Scottish at, um, at Luton? Midfield. Yes. <laughs> oh, international. So yeah, there was no international oh. Scottish. Well, he didn't. I don't know if he. Well, you played with him. I'm sure you did. He yeah. play for Scotland. I Paul Telfer play played for Scotland. Paul Telfer was Scottish and played for Scotland. Which is I love Telfer. He's off playing golf. He ain't playing in my team, is he? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> wrong, me. Who played for England that played that would have played with you, Oaksy? For Luton. In the midfield. Yeah, that's what's thrown me. At Leicester. That's what's thrown me. No, no, no not oh. with me at Luton. Sorry, if you're not... Oh! oh. <laughs> right. Sorry, I thought he said that the Luton player was an was, England international. Yeah. Ricky Hill. Yes, I was Ricky. You played with Ricky, that's right. I forgot. Sheffield. That's no, right. Leicester. So you're going back to Leicester. I've got Ricky Hill and Gary McAllister by the side of each other. Oh, wow, was Gil- when did you play with Gary McAllister? Was it Leicester? Was he really at Leicester then? I never knew yeah, Gary yeah, McAllister was. was there. I knew he did. I knew he did a fair old stint at Coventry. Yeah, I did that. Obviously, yeah. Liverpool. He was another one that you could have said could have moved on to the highest caliber before even he got to Liverpool. So, well, he won yeah. the title. Did he win the title with Leeds or not? Was he in that title winning team? 
Yeah, was he was. He yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah so McCall- so McAllister's in there. Um, what did he give you? It's just it, that's just growing up when I did my YTS as well, going through between 16, 17, um, until I left 19. It's just seeing a player of that caliber just spray a football. And same <laughs> as Ricky, it's, it is the same as Ricky Hill. They, Ricky Hill, they just look like they have like five minutes extra than everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you can see it a mile from the stand. That's why people fall in love with them and love the way they play football. It's, they they want to play it the right way, as most people pitch you want to see football. And they are have this gifted ability to make it look like it's a practice game. Yeah, you know, and and that's it's a joy just to watch them. Yeah, play football. So it's um, yeah, they they both grace any any team as well. So. I know. How, yeah. how old are you, OZ? Again, how old I'm are you? 48, two weeks ago. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing what threw me, because obviously I knew when I got into the team, Ricky was obviously a great player. And I'm thinking, you're, I'm older than you a lot, um, by four years, obviously. And I thought, is that it? There's no way. Re- yeah, that's it. I know. And you look older than me. Unbelievable. <laughs> wow. I know. <laughs> Miles shaves his hair. Miles shaves his greys. He shaves his grey. <laughs> so that, so I was never going to think of Ricky. I was never going to think yeah. of Ricky because I just, in my head, wow. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's a, a throw. Do you want the one on the left? Yeah, go on. Well, I want to get it. I want to get it. I've got it. I've got it already. I know who it is. I'm going to say it's Chris Waddle. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Chris Waddle. I understand that without, without a doubt. I love the fact you got Ricky Hill and Chris Waddle as midfielders. Yeah. <laughs> you really are an attacker at heart, aren't you, Scott? Yeah. yeah this, 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 We'll score six. Yeah, exactly. We'll score five. <laughs> Sexy football, yeah. That's yeah. It, so, yeah. so did you mod? So, who do you support as a kid, Scott? Um, I'm a Leicester man. Yeah. So, um, a little bit like my son. Um, <laughs> um, but so, who do you look up to as a as a young man growing up? Was it somebody like Chris Waddle, Ricky Hill? Who do you look up to? And then, it it wasn't. It was honestly. It was just like watching that Liverpool team in the eighties. And that's just all I, like most kids probably my age that got to see that team, they were just unbelievable. That was just the enjoyment of watching football the way it was played. And that's what you fell in love with. So my team can play anywhere near that team in the 80s. It'll be, oh, that's what I think in my head. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's just Liverpool in the 80s growing up that I used to play. Although I'm a Leicester City supporter, obviously. Yep. That was, yeah. Just but trying you, to follow, you, trying to get to their standard, or trying to be as good as that. That was just it. You just want to play football like that. Yeah. But did you go and watch Leicester games when you were a kid? Yeah, I watched a few, but it was never in my. Obviously, my dad never took me because he was off doing music, and then, mm. and but like really, my first, my first first love would be tennis. I loved, you know, how much I love tennis anyway. But yeah. I'd never. I'd never be a let's go every week kind of guy to like to the matches. Went and seen a fair few of the matches with um, everybody through the years, but it was I'm not a supporter as such. Go to all the games. It's like 
following Luton until you left. You were just my mate. You were there, so I followed them. But when you no. left, there was nothing. When everybody else has gone, they've all moved on, haven't they? So yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. You still follow your teams, like you listen on the radio or mm. in the paper or you know, <clears throat> on telly. But I'm not. That. I think I'd rather be watching Wimbledon tennis than watching Luton versus. You know, I mean, it's, so in a couple of weeks' time, you'll be watching the US Open rather than the opening weekend of the season, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, be that. I'll be more into that. There's no one left for me to follow. My friends have all moved on. Like, I'm not playing football, so probably, yeah, the last game I watched was my brother before he retired. But, um, yeah, there's none of my mates left playing. So, um, yeah, not really an interest in it. But, so, yeah, that's how it works out sometimes. Okay. Do you think many ex-players are like that, like yourself? or? I, I should think so. If the, because it, it was my job. But, like, the way it is, is the job whether you Whichever team you're going to, you're going to do your like job as great as you are, and then it comes to end, so you have to move on as well. So that wasn't my tennis was more of my number one than all sports really. I'm not saying for, you know like golf, and I can still manage to walk around a golf course now, enjoy that as well. But um, yeah, it, it depends what you fall in love with as a kid, isn't it? Really? Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's just um, <clears throat> I didn't fall in music. My, my old man used to do that, but yeah, I ended up just loving all sports. I feel like all of them are my hobbies, really. Just every single one. Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. It's really interesting. And, um, of course, going on the music thing, what about Chris Waddle? Did you ever speak to him about his, his musical exploits? I'm sure I did manage to take the mickey out of his haircut <laughs> a few times. What was it? Was it, was it Diamonds in the Lights or something like that, the song? He's yeah, with um, him and... Who was it? Like him and, him and someone else, wasn't it? Him and... Glenn Odo. Hoddle and Waddle. Oh, good love it. Uh, but Chris Waddle, yeah. one of the greatest players ever. I think one of the greatest players England have ever produced. Um, and, and obviously Ricky Hill probably underrated. Uh, well, definitely underrated as a player. But um, Chris Waddle, did that, is that a player you modelled yourself on in terms of what you did skill set wise? Um, I know he played at the World Cup. Yeah, but he's just... Um... That's just one of them one-off people that can... He probably could still send you the wrong way now at, like, 58 years old. I don't know how old he is now, but he's still... He's just movement, his body... He just looked like he didn't have a care in the world, but his movement was... It was, it was unbelievable. His, his left foot, his delivery... Total, total different to me as well, but... Um, yeah, what? I know, you'd, I know you'd win a race against him. Huh? <laughs> I know you'd win a race. <laughs> I mean, and that's not me digging at one. He was, like you said, blessed with a lot of skill, but he, he had wasn't exactly to find the quickest. Yeah, yeah exactly true. I could have, I could have beat him when I had my knee operation. You know what I mean? It was that slight. <laughs> <laughs> but all he needed to make was a lucky yard, and then by the time the defender had gotten the ball was in, and he was just, um, yeah, another one that you'd pay to watch sitting in the stand. I think. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. Um, and Ricky, and Ricky, Ricky Hill. What, what, what can you say about Ricky Hill? I mean, you and Marv have probably got lots of stories on the pitch, off the pitch about Ricky. Um, I think he's agreed to come on in a few weeks' time, um, so he'll have yeah. his chance to rebuff any of your comments. But what are your thoughts on Ricky? I mean, as a Luton fan, probably one, arguably one of the top three players we've ever had at the club. 
yeah, a long way, yeah, without a doubt. I don't, I would, you can ask him how many times someone got the ball off him because I don't think anybody ever did. You know, he'd like both feet were running with it, bouncing off him, passing it, still had that motor to get forward. It's just like, um, how can, God, like Jan Mulby at Liverpool, you know what I mean? He's kind of like that, mm. just. Yeah, gifted two feet. Well, um, I was gonna say a lot more mobile than Moby. Mo- um, <laughs> I would say. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Ricky you know, like the compliment of being associated with Liverpool, but I'm not sure about being complimented against Moby. <laughs> but there's another guy that never gave the ball away. This used to yeah, like, true. I know what you mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. But Ricky had a better engine than Moby. Obviously, well, everybody had a better engine than Moby, but it was just. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it just seems so simple, like watching it both feet. You just love to be able to do that as well. And, um, yeah, it, it, like, wow. Well, yeah, 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 well, I, for, yeah, yeah, everything for me, because he, he could head as well. He's great in the air, wasn't he? Oh, he, he could, like, yeah. hang in the air and just, like, hang there and just bang. Got his goals. Got his goals. Yeah. You'd, you'd love him in his, you'd love him in your team. Like you say, he, he'd never lose a ball. That's what I need. A player like that, if you've got them in your team, he's just you, you feel like you're ahead already in the midfield battle because you know you can put the ball to him and everybody's just moving off him as well, and he'll just keep it. He's never ever going to lose it. So it's, um, yeah, hopefully, them three would grace any midfield. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, and you, how many times did any of those boys set you up on goal? What's I mean, those boys set you up must have been lots of times. Um, what what do you say your favourite goal is, Scott? What do you say the favourite one you've ever scored? I know, my favourite is the um, Derby goal. Um, we had ten men, and I managed to uh, collect the ball on the outside of our eighteen yard box. And um, from there on, I went on to uh, score a goal. From uh, I went past Mark Pembridge in midfield while I was doing it as well. Um, left him on the floor. <laughs> and I managed, yeah, went through and uh, managed to score. It was just a one-off goal. And even John Dreher tried to claim um, an assist because he passed it to me on the edge of the 18-yard box. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, I just rang him about 100 yards and he claimed an assist from back there. But um, if you ever get a chance to see it, hopefully someone can buff it in HD because that cameraman at Luton weren't very good. It's... Um, it's yeah, I collected it on the edge. Yeah, went past four or five people and uh, managed to. It was against ten, ten men. We had ten men at the time because Kerry User got sent off. So it was just one of them goals that you get to see, or it happens once in a. Well, very rarely. It's just one of them games. If you're at the game to see it, just lucky enough to see one of them goals happening. Yeah. So yeah, if you get a chance to have a look, um, yeah, it is a one-off. We'll see if um, we can find it and post it. With your, yeah, with your podcast, yeah, it, it, it is on there, but yeah, like you say, you might need to buff it because it's a fair few years ago. But um, it's yeah, it is a one-off, probably a mistake because after after I scored a goal like that, every little fan was uh, wanting me to score a goal like that again. But I, they're just not possible. But, um, it was, it, it is my favourite goal. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to remember it. I mean, I'm, I can't remember if I was playing or not, but. I remember one of the goals in the cup game was West Ham. That's what I was. From that's what half, I think. Luton fans, half, yeah, from the halfway line. Um, who was it? 
you should remember now the guy Oxy who Pops. miscontrolled it. Pops, yes, and then and then like you've still like pounced on it and off you're gone and sort of thing. Then yeah. was it um, Alvin Martin was shouting? You see if you see the if you see from a certain angle, you can see Alvin Martin because he knew he wouldn't be able to catch you in the background trying to put you off like screaming something or just shouting loud it's, it's hilarious yeah, if if you look at that um closely my mom says he called you a bad name <laughs> 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 so yeah steve Potts is says chud on the football isn't it because it was really windy yeah. and um I've, I've managed to get hold of it like say i'll be mine the last one so managed to get away from him. But in the slow motion that you're saying, when he shouts at me, if you look at him clearly, he calls me something that my mom didn't appreciate. <laughs> but but how, the, how is she seeing that? I mean, look, you've just scored, right? Like, was it the third goal? If, was it the third? If, you look at, if you look at it, you'll know exactly what he says. <laughs> Really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. See, people—that's uh, great. People are gonna start looking for that now. Yeah. I'll, I'll look. I'll look for it afterwards as well. But um, that's. It was probably that's right as well. It was probably right. <laughs> so how? How? I'm interested. Was that not one of your favourite games then? I mean, for me, as a um, fan, that's the game that I think really endeared you to Luton fans forever. I know you say about the derby goal, but that game and then walking off the pitch with the fans—the the pitch invasion with you taking the ball off. Yeah, I think there's been a there's been a few smiles before the game played the goal scored. There's been some like good memories before that game, but that season was it was really good. The more memorable one that stands out though is the Newcastle game. I know I was gonna say that. Yeah. It's it's because when you're playing against Newcastle when they got Peter Beasley in, Andy Cole, Fenison, Hooper, not anything against West Ham, but all these players. And Newcastle, it just felt like they were a better team and mm. to play against them and what they would achieved. They had some really good players in, in that team when we were playing. And that game stands out more for me than the West Ham game. We played really well that game as well. We're like, we, we all did and we all, well, we all needed to. And we played so well, played such good football when we were on song. And yeah, I was up front with um, Johnny Arson that night. And yeah. He was like um, he was like a younger Mick Offord. He, he was he was a joy to play with as well. And I, we all knew each other growing up with Luton, and he was um, yeah playing up front with him that night. Um, I just felt it was a bigger achievement that game and getting past Newcastle than it was the West Ham. I know we ended up at Wembley after West Ham, but the, the Newcastle beating Newcastle was a bit more of a better feeling. Hmm. I don't know what do you think, Marbley. Just just beat Newcastle. And it just felt, yeah, a bit more, yeah, just felt a bit more I important. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I didn't play. I was injured <clears throat> again. Yeah, was yeah. <laughs> I, did, I think, I think what, year was, what year was that? Was that 92? 94. 94. 94. 94. 94. 94. Oh, Pelai Peaky. Oh, it's Trevor Peak and John Dreher. Yeah, Trevor Peak and John Dreher. I had my Achilles. I think I snapped my Achilles earlier on oh. when I was out for the season. Um yeah, so I didn't play none of those games that year. Can I ask you an honest question, Scott? Yeah, there, were, there were lots and lots of whispers and rumours around that time of 
if Luton would have lost to Newcastle or if Luton would have lost to West Ham, that Kevin Keegan had a car set outside the front and he was waiting to sign you and you're about to sign a dotted line if Luton would have got knocked out. You're about to have that move. Was there any truth to that? I honestly... Yes, it was a story as well, but I think because like, we, we got through anyway. Yeah. So we'll never, we'll never ever know that if that happened. But uh, I remember speaking Eric Hall. Can you remember Eric Hall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Monster, monster money. Monster, monster money. That's what he kept going on about, didn't he? Yeah, just, like, I met up with him. Actually, Kerry Dixon said, like, you should go meet him. So I went to meet him. And he'd like... Like you're thinking of like the request and you pick his regret. Um, regret. It was just uh, I can remember Eric Hall saying you have to strike while the iron's hot. And it was just like you could leave now. There's a few clubs interested in you, and I wanted to stay at Luton because we were going Wembley, but it never occurred after. So if we'd have lost to West Ham or Newcastle, I'd, I'd, we'd have never known because we got through. So I'd, that was the story going round. But maybe I could have moved, but. I'll still never know because I ended up going Luton with Luton to Wembley anyway. So, yeah. And nothing occurred after that. And as far as going from Luton to Sheffield, I think um, it would, I think it must have been always on the cards because there was a couple of people interested in me. I got told I was going to Sheffield Wednesday anyway. So, I think it was just, it was always there because obviously David Fleet went Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. And whoever was in Delight, was it um, Colary was in charge of uh, Luton at the time as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, so something had been probably worked out. You'll never know to this day what worked out and why. I ended up going Sheffield Wednesday, but yeah, that was the case. That was probably, um, yeah, biggest regret of probably not going then, but I was loyal. So you can't, yeah. I don't want to swap anything now, but if you think of regret, maybe I, maybe I should have done, maybe, I, you know. But, um, it, yeah, it happened, ended up going to Wembley, and it, yeah, it was a shame what happened on that day, but um, we did have Bloody a really good call, anyway. Bloody Gavin Peacock. I'll never forgive him for that. He's him and Tony Cascarino. He's like Trevor Peak. I mean, against Newcastle, even Trevor Peak went up for a corner because he was higher than Andy Cock. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Peak, he was, only, he, was, he was only like, our centre-back was like five foot nine, five foot ten. But against Cascarino at Wembley, he just couldn't compete with, yeah. Six foot over Castellino. He's just heading it down. Yeah. Peacock just kept going, going, going. And they, they were good then back then, anyway, Chelsea. But um, yeah, it was just, I think Glenn Oddoy had got, he'd obviously watched us, knew what was going to happen. Seeing the like kind of weakness in Castellino, just playing up front line and Peacock running on. But um, yeah, they were way too good that day. They yeah. had a good team. Yeah, way too did you ever get the chance to come back to Luton? No, I never did after my life because in the third year, my when I done my knee, Rich Humphreys accidentally done my knee in pre-season. Um, it's called um, Unhappy Triad where I do you do your cruciate needle in cartilage, all in a go, and then so that had like kind of killed that. Um, it, was, it was I was never a, like that kind of player where they'd keep me because I was never that not the level of the other people, you know what I mean? They're not going to, because I've had a major operation like that. And I went to Leighton Orient and I did the same knee then. So there was nothing, there was nothing ever going to occur after that anyway. So to do that knee twice, it was, it's still, I can still walk around a golf now, but it aches. 
Oh right. So it's so it's still, um, yeah. It, it's just aches. Same thing as I say, cold weather, uh, walking a fair distance, it aches. But um, it's it's holding strong. You know, if I don't do anything, it aches. If I do something, it aches. So I'd rather be doing something. I uh, go, yeah, do the gym, do the running machine. It helps. It just helps keep the muscles around the knee. But um, considering when it happened, it's um, it still feels pretty good. So I am pretty lucky at the moment. Anyway, so. I will need a knee. I will need a knee up in a few years, but as long as you don't interrupt golf, I'll be happy. So now going on to the front three. Yes, this is going to be interesting. Okay. Don't tell the names. One from Luton, one from Sheffield, and I'll throw one in there. One from my England under twenty-one. Okay. Hurst. Hartford. Yeah. Are they right? You said Mick. Yeah, a Mick. Yeah, Hurst. And then I'm the 21. And I'm going to throw in, I don't know, see 20. Did you say the Sheffield one? Hurst. David Hurst? Oh, no, sorry, not Hurst. Oh. Andy Cole. Andy Andy Cole is under 21. Yeah, Andy Cole. Yeah. Mick Hartford, Sheffield Wednesday. Forward. Wednesday, then. Oh, is he, is he foreign? Yeah. Um, Carbone? No, the other one. Oh, um, Di Canio? Yeah. No? Yes. Di Canio? Yeah. You, you're on form this morning, Marv. I'm I know. Way off. Indeed. I was amazing you're last well. couple. Yeah. You're well yeah, on form. Yeah. So we've got Mick Arford, Paolo Di Canio, and Andy Cole. Yeah. That's a good front. Oh, nice compliment together. Yeah, yeah I was, well, uh, as I say, I don't think Andy Cole will be like it on the wing too much. But No, no, I mean, there's a three. I'd put Di Canio just dropping in front of them two. Because right. Di Canio is not going to argue with Mick Arford, is he? So he'll have a good game. <laughs> so that'll be that fine. You can picture Mick Harford heading the ball down, a goalkeeper saving it, Andy Cole grabbing it while Canio standing on the edge of the area looking good. I've heard some stories on different podcasts about the Canio. What I mean, as a as a bloke, but what was he like? What I mean, was he weird? Was he that weird? I wouldn't say it's weird. Is is the only footballer I know he's going to have a bath with a robe on. What? It's just, he used to wear a robe, you know, like you have a bath, you know, you put a robe on in there, you know, blokes just put towels around them, don't they? But he used to right. go, put a robe on, and he used to, because he, he used to go on a sunbed all the while. You know, he used to have the white diamond on the back, on the back you know, where like the sunbed can't get you. <laughs> you know what I mean? He had no hair on his body, he could slide in between the hose pipe, yeah, they just, it <laughs> It, it was it is was a one-off, but his his footballing ability was you couldn't like people at Sheffield. You know, met like Mark Pembridge. He just wanted to kick him, but he couldn't get nowhere near him. Really, <laughs> wow! Because you, you used to play you used to play at Sheffield at like the English versus like all the other ones. But he was just you you just couldn't. Same as Carboni is. Well, I had to pick one, but. Um, Andy Cole just for his finishing as well. Cameo just his vision, his technique. Still, you can't get the ball off him. Mm. 
it is his movement is yeah his attitude for scoring a goal or playing well or when he used to play with Carboni or we played with him you just know where the ball it was coming to you so you you know your mind's made up to shoot because you know the ball's going to be right where you want it from them anyway but as far as like with Mick as well he him and um, Steeny, when I like, obviously moved to Luton, they partly improved my game just to play with them both. They were they were unbelievable forward partnership. I know I got them in the latter years, but I mean it worked for me. You, you can't go wrong with Mick. I was on the left wing when I came there. There was such a it seemed so much easier. It was like Cleeter loved the ball around the corner, and there was always one of them there making your movement off mid, you know, he'd always keep the ball, you know, it always comes exactly where you wanted it as well. He was, you could pick him out on a cross, he'd always, he'd actually make like three quarters of my crosses look good. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was, he was such an animal in the air and he was, uh, yeah, a joy to play with. Like, yeah. And Andy Cole, I'll throw that one in just from the under 21s, watching him score goals, his movement, his attitude. He's a lovely bloke as well. Actually, all three of them are like top blokes as well to sit down and talk to. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a good. How, how, how many times did you play for the Twenty Ones? And got I went away for the summer. We went, um, then we went Poland and Norway. And the only cap that wow. I got was we were in Poland, Norway, and then you end up in France um, at the Toulon tournament. What? So, so what? I mean, apart from Andy Cole, what other players were? Would we recognise uh, we're in the squad? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like Andy, Andy Inchcliffe, I said left back. I'd like Scott Minto as well. He was a left back. Remember him at Chelsea? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Ed Charlton as well. Yeah, Charlton. Yeah, he was a lovely. I like watching him as a left back as well. We had, um, I think it was Gerard in goal. He was, I was from Everton. Yep. Everton, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Watson as well. He was a Barnsley keeper. Yeah. Uh, he was a good keeper. Yeah, he was a bonus. Yeah, he was a good keeper. I scored two against him. He was a nice keeper as well as a good keeper. Hey, what about, what about, the, what about um, the midfield, the longest midfielders? Well, like, you had Hugo Ekiog, bless him. Um, Gareth oh, Southgate. Yeah. Gareth Southgate. Wow. wow. Um, so across the midfield, you'd have you'd have Darren Anderton. Good player. Jamie, Jamie Redknapp. Wow. Uh, Gary Flickcroft, Ray Parler. Um, wow. Uh, um, there's a Clark from Newcastle. Uh, Lee Clark. Lee Clark. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. He was a good midfielder as well. And, uh, and yeah. these, I'm sorry. And these, actually, these are, these are, these are caps are with Luton, aren't they? Yes? I bet we won. I only had one cap for Brazil. That was when I was at Luton, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying the names you're reeling off there are not, again, like we're saying, we're not being disrespectful to Luton, but you've done really, really well to be representing our club when you've got Parler, Arsenal, Redknapp, um, Liverpool. Liverpool. Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, that just shows how good a player you was. Yeah, but do you know how he managed? Go on. Oh, yeah, Laurie, Laurie McManamy, he was our manager. I'm going to like, you can ask me his favourite manager and I can't put Pleaty in because that would be obvious. But 
Larry McManamy's like, we all sat down and he goes, can you stand up where you, and tell me what football team you come from? How oh, embarrassing do you think I felt? And <laughs> 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 he was a manager. Everybody's standing up going, Andy Cole, Man U, like Man U Liverpool, Blackburn, you know, um, like all of them. And I, I, stand, I stand up and go, Luton. What did the players do? Did they look at you and go, oh? No, it's just, yeah, it was, um, no, we, I can remember it just sitting all in a line. We just, because we were just facing like Laurie McManamy and whoever else, we just all stood up and just said it. And like nobody actually laughed or anything like that. So it was, it was all right. I can vividly remember that. But... Wow. Wow. How did you feel? I mean, representing England, did you feel out your depth or did you feel like you were meant to be there? I always thought I was better than Darren Hamilton anyway. But uh, it's, uh, I don't know, but it's, I mean, the players there, no, I'd never felt uncomfortable one bit. I, it was, they were good to play with. I mean, up front, you had, Chris Sutton and Andy Cole. It was just, it's a that that was a no wonder they won the tournament. And I had a, yeah. it's a team in itself there, right there. It was like unbelievable. I'm sorry if I missed anybody out, but thinking back then, it was such a good team, and they they won it. I know. No, I didn't. It, it, honestly, if you get a chance to look at all their players, and no wonder they won it. Um, yeah, we beat France in the final, I think, one nil. But I got I got my cap against Brazil. That was nil nil. So. Um, yeah, I think my mum's got it somewhere, but, uh, yeah, I can remember getting a call and, uh, opening up Luton Town's ground just to get my boots and yeah, I went on my way, but yeah, I did the, um, it fell in the summer when this, um, season ended, didn't it? Yeah, so, Toulon's always in the summer, yeah. Toulon in France. And, uh, yeah, I went with Laurie McManamy and just, just knowing him as a manager in the, uh, I'll put him down as my manager because... Yep. Obviously, David Pleat would be the obvious one. If he's your best manager, then have him as your best manager. If, you, if that's what you think, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's your team. No, you, yeah, I know, but it's just like Lauren and anyway, just for that short period of time, even though it was over right. the summer, he made everybody feel comfortable, like become best mates. Like, okay. He would have a laugh or in training, he'd just gel you all together and it just... It just fitted, but it just made every single one feel. I knew they were good, but yeah, just over that time limit. If you had to spend time with him, yeah, you you felt comfortable, not our place, and you just seems like you just enjoyed your football and wanted to like kind of yeah, we wanted to win for Pleaty, obviously. Right. Him in there, he just felt, you know what, I'm going to try my hardest for this new team all together. I don't want to yeah. let anybody. I mean, that small period of time, he had that effect and it, it did show. That's good. When, That's good. You don't, you don't get all them, all them individuals together just as a, a one-off. I mean, he's not had them all season. You get them all as... Yeah. yeah, to make a team and make them gel that quick or yeah. make it feel comfortable, it's, um, it's a feat in itself. So, I'd have him down as my manager. Sorry, please. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> Fair comment. Uh, I, I was telling Andrew, I mean, I mentioned it. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about it. Was it the time that he, he, he threw some tea on you? <laughs> Late evening, remember that? The hot tea. <laughs> when was it? Was that one of them big old silver kettles, wasn't it? <laughs> he 
He threw hey, tea on, on Oaksy. Did you not throw tea on your something, Oaksy? Was it you? I can't think who it was now. I, well, I, I can remember, you. like, I can remember, <laughs> I can't remember that, Marv. You'd have to remind me. No. Honestly, I can't, I can't remember that. I, I can remember. I don't, I don't think I was there. So what, what happened was, I think you would, you would, had a meeting or something. <laughs> yeah, and you'd come out all shit. you go, Marv. He just threw tea, hot tea on me. He just he, he burned me. I go, who? He goes, the gaffer. I go, what for? You, uh, you, know, you know what he's like, Mum. He doesn't like me anyway. He always, always, always came in me. <laughs> he knew me for like years and years and he still never spelled my name right. <laughs> and he, and he, bought, he bought me as well. He still, like, still never spelled my name right. I, you never get that. I can remember once in Sheffield Wednesday, I forgot my shirt and we were playing against Chelsea. And it's, um, Ron Atkinson was the manager then. And he went, Oaks, Oaks is going on. So obviously it was a roasting day. And then like the tunnel at Chelsea, you go down the steps, up and up. And I'd gone back and I got the shirt, put it on. When I, when I come back, he told me to sit down. So I like, sat down and he put Jim McJilton on. And then all the other lads on the bench were going, look at Oaks, he's playing really well. So I just got to like, the pee ripped out of me. I weren't even on the pitch. And Ron Atkinson, and, and that's the time, he had a fight with Paolo Di Canio when we come back into the, come back into the, the team after because we lost. He started having a fight with Who Atkinson did? What? He did? Huh? And a fight? Yeah. Yeah, he started like, yeah, started mouthing off to each other, him and Paolo and everything like that. So Paolo went for him in his slip. Oh, he was wearing with his slip. So everybody just held it back. <laughs> <laughs> That was just because I think it, and then Ron Atkinson said to me, because you'll never play for Sheffield again. What, because I forgot my shirt? <laughs> it was like, like 98 degrees. He was having a bad day. He was having a bad day that day, Ron, by the sound of it. Yeah, you'll never play for me. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, that was, um, I mean, loads of people have forgot the shirts, ain't they? So, I remember you using Exactly. Um, yeah, that was um, a fun day as well. So, yeah. So just, just, just so sort of like rounding off, then I'm, I'm, I'm gonna guess, probably know what it is. What is your most memorable looting game and why? Your yeah, most, memorable, your most, yeah, most memorable, memorable looting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's the Newcastle one. Right. It's not gonna be the, not gonna be the derby because of the goal or Patrick West Ham. It's just the Newcastle and being on that pitch with all them players against us. You know, you can like to the tower. It's just everybody surrounded like that, and we're actually we're there to like try and be better than them, and just to beat them and play that well. It was such a still to this day, it's a better feeling than the West Ham. Like, it was and just uh, one of them. And also, I mean, I know the West Ham was a night game as well, but those night games to me at Kenilworth were just really, really special. There's something about the night game. I don't know what it was, but there was something about the night games compared to a, a Saturday afternoon. Just It just seemed a little bit more excited and a bit more special. Yeah, I think when you grow up and you do your YTS from the beginning, I think the first buzz that you get is seeing your name on the reserve list. And the reserve team games were always at night. So then you've got that. You're playing for the reserve. You've seen your name because you're coming out of the youth team on that reserve. And you're playing a game of football at night under the floodlights. 
So then you've always got that to look forward to when you're growing up. And then when you start playing it in front of a crowd under different lights, it's it's such a better atmosphere. Don't get me wrong, I wouldn't I Saturday afternoon's the best time for us to see a football match, I think. Yeah. But to play play yourself. I still uh, yeah, the three o'clock time Saturday afternoon should be yeah, it's always been bread and butter. And um but the evening games, yeah, it's just um under the floodlights so much better. I don't, know, I don't know why that feeling is, but it, yeah, it's always gone from, like say, YTS to being in reserve, yeah. playing in the evening. It, it, it just had that feeling about it. Yeah, yeah so that Newcastle game was, yeah, uh, the one-off beating a team like that um, and playing that way as well, all of us. It was just, uh, yeah, that was a memorable night. Yeah. It looks, so it looks like you enjoyed right. it. Sorry, and, yeah. and so what are you doing now, Scott? Those people who want to know yeah. kind of what you're up to these days. Um, what, are you, what are you doing with yourself? I'm, um, I'm down at a porter cabin. Um, I don't know if you remember right, the porter cabins, big units. You can convert them into anything that you want. So you can, you can build up into offices if you know what I'm about. You've seen them everywhere. You can convert them into school. So um, you're in there, you're carpet tiling. Basically, I'm... Um, it's called a process worker where you're doing, you can do the carpet tiling, you can do um, fit units and you can also like decorating. So like when I like retired, like, oh, sorry, I was at non-league St. Albans. I went to help painting as well. So from there I'd be painting and uh, yeah, I've ended up here at Port Cummins uh, doing all the cabins up. I did have a brief bit in school. Um, there's a football goal with the police gun behind it for Sports Connections Foundation. They're a charity. Did that. Did that for three years. Um, that was good. I enjoyed that. Knee was aching, standing up all day. Still had a, a part to play, but at the moment, I, uh, I'm doing this. Um, it's good. I enjoy it still. And um, at the moment, I've had to pack in tennis because of my knee, but I'm still managing to get around the golf course. And at the moment, I'm off a um, handicap of nine. Wow. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Management? Any thoughts getting a coaching management, that type of thing? <laughs> I did, I did the um, I did the coaching course like the level one. I went to Millwall to do that, so that was a long time past. I, I managed to forget about football just because of how it happened with the knee, not doing anything for two or three years with football. So I managed to get myself in work. So I'm quite happy to I'll continue doing this. I mean, the football wasn't in my blood as much as I thought it would be going to do the um, coaching course, but mm. if needed, I'll be there for anything. The charity games I still play for Leicester. Leicester City have about 10 to 15 a year. Obviously not with the times how it is at the moment, but they've always done that previously. So I've always managed to uh, uh, get down to Leicester and have um, a charity game football. Play right back, you know, like uh, in midfield if needed, if Muzzy isn't, isn't playing. So uh, it's, uh, it's still enjoyable to have a kickabout with your friends. I got to play a game with my brother when he came over from America for Leicester. So that, that was good to finally have a game with him. And um, yeah, just uh, that and um, golf at the moment keeps yourself busy. So yeah, other than that, um, yeah, I'm still going. I'm yeah, holding on. Well, my dad lost his hair when he was 25, so I'm still holding on. So I'm, I'm... no, thanks, thanks, thanks a lot for coming on. It's been a, um, it's been yeah, a very welcome. welcome.